Today you've joined hundreds of established and emerging writers who are discovering ways to reach their writing goals and have fun by being more curious, creative, and productive. You're listening to Ann Croker, Writing Coach. This is episode 214, Our Outlines a Writer's Greatest Gift or Curse. Back in July, I bought a Garmin watch that tracks steps and heart rate. More importantly, it offers training plans for beginning and intermediate runners. I clicked on a beginner's plan because I hadn't run regularly for years and started following the instructions each day. Now, I tend to wing things in general. More often than not, I jump in and make decisions on the fly with just about everything. I like freedom, and I hate being fenced in or forced to do things. Too much structure, and I'm ready to bust out the walls. But for some reason, I responded well to the structure of this training program. If it told me to do intervals, I'd head down the road and run intervals. If it said to run hills, I found the hilliest hills in the mostly flat city I live in. I enjoyed the choices within the parameters of the plan. I could choose where to run, and I could choose to skip a stage of the plan, but I loved how the plan organized my workouts, so I don't have to stand at the end of my driveway trying to figure out what to do each day, inventing from scratch. So while my personality might be the type to look at structure as a curse, I think it might be a gift. Outlines are to a writer what a Garmin training plan is to a runner, a gift, not a curse. During the years when I taught composition to high school students, the most naturally creative students resisted outlines. They hated the idea of slamming structure into what could be an organic process of discovery, and I sympathized with them. That's how I tend to feel. So some of them respectfully requested that they try it their way. But because I was teaching composition, I had to teach outlines. And because this was a group of compliant homeschoolers, they did it my way. Even the student who participated in NaNoWriMo every year as a pantser, flying by the seat of her pants, as she completed a novel in the month of November with very little structure, even she agreed to outline for the big research paper assigned for the second semester. When the students finished researching and their outlines shifted based on new information they gleaned, they sorted their 3 by 5 cards into the outline, and even the biggest doubters who thought outlining was annoying and a curse found it, it was a brilliant time saver. With ease and speed and efficiency, they wrote organized drafts that reflected a logical structure and flow. Even my NaNoWriMo student conceded that the outline approach worked. She said in the future she would likely drop the step of taking notes on 3x5 cards, but that the outlining step would be part of her writing life, at least for academic papers. While I don't spend as much time on the podcast with the art of fiction, I've seen plenty of general outlines that a novelist could use to give a general form and remind the writer of key elements and beats to hit along the way. Now, we don't have to use outlines but they can provide a starting point. They offer structure and support as you brainstorm and produce your first draft, and they help you write faster than ever. Isn't that a gift? My son participates in a speech and debate club where I serve as a parent volunteer. 
Another mom teaches various speaking principles, and the past few weeks we've reviewed how to outline a platform speech. But she also presents a series of outlines to the students that they can use in their impromptu speeches. Impromptu speeches are not planned in advance. The competitor enters a room, selects a piece of paper that lists two choices, two topics, and in two minutes, the student has to plan a five-minute speech based on one of the two topics. You can imagine how the student's mind reacts to this pressure. It can go blank. It can spin off in a million directions. Well, we empower our club members by giving them these outlines, these gifts. Students sit down with the scratch paper that's made available, and they write out an outline. And then they add their main ideas and their examples. They develop a quick thesis to serve as their big idea. And then they think up an engaging opener that they can refer to in the end and then take a mental picture of that paper. And then they stand in front of their judges and deliver a speech. And more often than not, practicing the use of outlines allows even novice students to produce thoughtful, organized, impromptu speeches that impress adults who can't imagine producing something coherent in two minutes of prep time. The outlines, like those we use for impromptu, can be used for any communication, any speech, and I think for any writing. They create organization and structure when you have no idea where to start. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you sit down to draft a new piece. Just pick an outline that would suit the topic and let that create parameters. Plug in your own creative choices and you'll end up with an article or chapter or essay that's completely yours. Plus, you'll save time by producing a respectable draft that needs far less editing or reorganization. One of the outlines that can work well for a lot of projects is the past, present, future outline. And it's pretty obvious how you'd use this as a basic structure when planning an article, book, essay, maybe even a poem. The past, present, future can reflect a personal journey. It could drive an analysis of cultural change. It could form the structure of a company's about page on their website. Past, present, future can be a simple format to use when collecting marketing testimonials. Before using a product, in the past, my life was like X, then I started using a product, and now my life is like Y. And as I continue to use this product, I can only imagine how much more it will help my life, and eventually it will be like Z. So you see how past, present, future can organize a lot of different projects and serve as a gift. I could have constructed this very article as past, present, future by telling about my personal resistance to outlining as a writer in the past. I was kind of like the NaNoWriMo girl. I had better results when I was winging it, even though it was a slow, disorganized approach. I wasted a lot of time and a lot of words by flopping ideas on the page and then just sorting them out over and over. But then I saw how effective the outlines were with students, so I began to experiment with using outlines in my own writing life. At first, they felt constraining. I resisted and often abandoned my outline after going to the trouble of inventing one. But over time, I saw the flexibility of starting with a broad format, like past, present, future, and how I could find plenty of options within that structure to be creative. In the future, as I continue to produce work, I believe the constraints will serve me better than I imagined, and so I intend to continue using outlines. They allow me to corral my pinging thoughts and plug ideas into a form at a zippier pace. 
Rather than restraining me and constraining me, the structure of outlines actually serves me as a gift. Relying more on outlines, I hope to produce more in less time and increase my body of work. After all, the clock is ticking. Why waste it staring at a blank page? In the past, I might have sat for many minutes, wondering what to write and how to tackle it. Now, and in the future, I can instead pull up one of my many outlines, and if I have my idea, I can start and finish in record time. So you see how past, present, future could have been a general outline to organize this very presentation. It's often said at writing and creative conferences that constraints lead to greater creativity. We see that among poets who are famously constrained by space and form, and yet the restrictions placed on them often result in fascinating choices they might not have arrived at if they'd had total freedom to write whatever they wanted for as long as they wanted. In a Fast Company article, Belle Beth Cooper wrote, Constraints can seem like the last thing you'd want for a creative project, but they're actually beneficial when it comes to doing good work. If you've ever faced the common writer's hurdle of the blank page, you'll know what it's like to be paralyzed by innumerable opportunities. What restrictions do is take away some of the choices available to us, and with them, the paralysis of choice that stops us from getting started. I still believe in the power of free writing to unlock and unblock many writers, but if you're working on a project and you feel frozen, unsure how to start or finish, paralyzed by limitless choices, try an outline. By limiting at least some of the choices, in this case restraining the form and structure of your piece, you free your creative mind to play within that space, and you may find that the ideas you present, the examples you find, the stories you tell, and the words you select are more vibrant and engaging than if you wrote with no plan at all. Your outlines don't need to be full of Roman numerals and ABC. In broad strokes like past, present, future, they can offer form to how you present your thoughts. So if you've never used outlines, or you've hated them in your past, looking at them as a curse, I urge you to try them again. Both now and in the future, they may be your greatest gift. I'm Ann Croker, cheering you on as a writing coach in your ear. Everywhere we may meet, at my website, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in your inbox, here on this podcast, over at Patreon, or even in person, I'm always looking for ideas to share with you that will help you achieve your writing goals and have fun by being more curious, creative, and productive. Thank you for listening.